Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Right now, I'm in Hollywood Heath Pierce. Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies is going to show up when he wants to show up. And the roster for the U.S. men's national team has officially dropped. And there are some big surprises, Heath Pierce. Do we just want to start from the back and work our way hey, to the front? Or where do hey, you want to go? I'm literally getting a call from Eddie Johnson right now. And Eddie Johnson called me out. Literally, he's calling me right now. He called me out about the Ricardo Pepe thing, obviously, in comparison to him. But him being left off the roster to me is a huge deal. Uh, but there's so many other players that I think are big deals of not making this squad. I think there's a lot of mystery uh, to me on what's going on. So, yeah. Where do you want to start, Jimmy? Well, let's just start with the goalkeepers. Okay, so Matt Turner, in. Ethan Horvath, in. Jimmy, do you have your, Jimmy, do you have your, do you have your volume in. on in the background? Because I think I, I can hear I can hear. I don't. Sound. I don't. I don't. I, I would, maybe it's, I maybe have, it's on the production side if, the, if, if it's not muted. There we go. I think wherever it was, it's gone now. Well, whatever um, it was, I, yeah. it's probably like giving us insight that we should be listening to. Because <laughs> I know. Greg Berhalter is still on stage talking right now. Yeah. But but let's start with the goalkeepers. Yeah. Zach Steffen is out, everybody. He yeah. started six World Cup qualifying games for us, and he's out. And yeah. we know that he's healthy. So I feel like there's some backstory here that maybe, mm-hmm. and I'm speculating, but how do you not have that guy included at all? It just disappears. And he just goes from being a number one to a number four. Like, I don't, there's got to be some backstory here. I get the sense that maybe there was a conversation that was happening between him and Greg about who is the number one. And Greg said Matt Turner. Yeah. And Zach said maybe that's not hit for him. We saw this before with Brad I, Friedel and Casey Kelly. Yeah, but we've this seen is it like these guys are young, Jimmy. These guys are young. And, 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 and it boils down to me. There is a purpose to everything that Greg Berhalter is saying right now. He was asked a double-barreled question, which I think is not fair uh, at any point. But he said... We like our goalkeepers. We trust in them right now. That was his answer to why is Zach Steffen not here. And then he said, Ricardo Pepe was a really hard conversation to have. So he was willing to approach the Ricardo Pepe question and talk about why he, like, you know, the conversation that he had to have directly, it was, it, was, it was referencing him. And the other one was referencing the other players. And he didn't go into Zach Steffen. And I can't hear what he's saying now. So maybe he's gone back to that. And they've, they've leaned into that. But then Jermaine, Jermaine followed up with saying, these, these guys have been one and two. Right now, is this a suggestion now that that Matt Turner is number one? And he said, yeah, he's leaning towards number one. But he avoided, again, this idea that like the mighty have fallen. This was the guy that until Matt Turner or until he wasn't playing and had some injuries was the number one. There wasn't even a conversation about Matt Turner versus Zach Steffen for a very long time. So Zach Steffen's importance can't be sort of under under uh, valued in this process. But to go from one to four. That's a little bit shocking to me. So I'm, I'm curious as to what, what is happening there. And I know that the media in England has been hard on Zach Steffen and his performances, even though you know he's coming off of a shutout and he had a 1-1 draw over the weekend. Uh, but still, to fall that far behind an Ethan Horvath or, or, or a Sean Johnson, to me, 
is a bit bizarre because it feels like maybe you've wasted opportunities to get Sean Johnson more games I or agree. to get Ethan Horvath more games over the time to know these guys are international ready. Yeah, for me, Horvath, in some ways, is probably our number three because Sean Johnson actually got one of the friendlies in our last six friendlies against Uruguay, and he made right. a couple of hell of saves to keep us in that one. And and so and, and uh, he's been solid for NYCFC. And he, he, he's got that clutch gene that I really like. He steps up and, and makes big plays when he needs to. So I'm not scared to have shocked? Sean Johnson. Are you I, shocked? I, I'm shocked that Zach Steffen isn't in because we have dedicated so much time to him. He does tick a box that Greg likes. You have a ball playing goalkeeper who, yes, I feel like he made that mistake for Man City in the uh, U.S. No, no, I almost called it the U.S. Open Cup. The FA Cup for me, you know, in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. And, and that led to a goal, ultimately led to the loss for City. And he took a lot of heat for that. Yeah. And then ultimately made a move to Burrow to to now take continually take more heat. The, the expectations on him feel a little extreme at times. But exactly. if you want to be he's coming from Manchester City, I get it. I get he it. I get that. it. I get it. I get it. And he's also the number one at that time for the U.S. So you got to be lights out in every yeah. single facet of the game. And he just seemed to be lacking confidence. But it's one of those things. We've had this conversation before. When your players are not feeling confident, isn't that the time to put your arm around them? And say, hey, actually, I do believe in you. I think you're capable. And now it's like we've backed away completely from Zach Steffen. They're like, peace out, buddy. Thanks for everything. And, and he's, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, but but it's, it's not even a confidence thing, Jimmy. He's playing. It's not like you can't be a goalkeeper and be not confident. You might but not I, be in the but, best form of your okay. life, but he's playing every game. I'm not and he saying was benched him. And I, he came back. I'm saying our, our the confidence of the coaches in him. Okay. Let, yeah, yeah. Let less Zach and more our, our confidence in him, or at least our coaching staff's confidence in him. So. Yeah. I, are we surprised. dumb, Jimmy? I'm are we surprised. dumb? Are we dumb? Are you and I dumb? Because we spent all of our time talking about who's the third goalkeeper. And Zach Steffen wasn't even in the conversation because he's been a part of it. And I don't believe that anybody for what they did. And when Greg Berhalter again said, uh, Josh Sargent played in the Premier League last year, like that was last year. That was last right, year. Right, 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 right. What does that have to do with this year? Is he scoring in the championship this year? Yes, he is. Does that warrant him to be called into the national team and potentially make the World Cup squad? Absolutely. But what does last year have to do with it? Right. What does last year have to do with it? Like that, when I hear those kinds of things, I start to think, wow, we are willing to, and and again, I think Josh Arzen should make the roster. So, but I'm, but I'm, I'm picking apart words that I had an opportunity to hear. And one of that was last year, Josh Sargent played on the worst team in the premier league last year, playing against players that were far better than what does that have to do with this year? And right now, and if that's the case, Haji Wright's in form, Ricardo Pepe's in form, Jesus Ferreira, not in form right now. And so we're deciding, we're picking and choosing current form, versus historical implications versus Sean Johnson, who's been part of the part of it all since day one. Okay, okay. What we should have done, and, and I think we're emotional, so I'm kind of forgetting my <laughs> yeah, checklist. I'm emotional. What I should do as a proper host, we should have named the team first. So there's 26 players going to the U.S. men's national team with them to the mm-hmm. World Cup here that started in 12 days, which is crazy. So we got Horvath, Johnson, and Turner. We've talked about that in goal. Cameron Carter-Vickers, Serginio Dest, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore... Big surprise there. Tim Ream, welcome back, my friend. Anthony Robinson, Joe Scally, only three caps for the team. Mm-hmm. He is going to his first World Cup at 19 years old. DeAndre Yedlin rounds out the defenders. Oh, no, excuse me. We have Walker Zimmerman, of course, and, and he'll round out the defenders. We took nine defenders. I had 10, and we have nine, that my guess yeah. is. So in midfield, here's an interesting one for midfield, Heath. Brendan Aronson is being listed as a midfielder when... Arguably, he's more of a winger, but okay, we'll take that. You got Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, even though he is hurt and has a hamstring issue, gets the call. You got Weston McKinney, Eunice Musta, and Christian Roldan from the Seattle Sounders. It seemed like he was on the very outside looking in, but he finds himself back in the circle. I think he might even replace maybe a Paul Ariola, Malik Tillman. We'll have to wait and see. And then up top, we got Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, another Sounders player, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, Tim. Wea and Haji Wright. So no Jordy P. Falk and no Ricardo Pepe. There's a lot to get into here, but I just wanted to make sure we named that team. All right, we've done the goalkeepers. Obviously, some shock and awe with those selections. Let's go to the defenders now, Heath Pierce. Cameron Carter-Vickers, center back, not a big surprise. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, in certain matchups, certain situations, certain teams we're playing against, he could be the yeah, right he's guy fine. We play. predicted that. We wanted yeah, no problem. We wanted Serginio Dest are starting right back. No big yep. surprise there. Just got to make sure he's healthy. You have Aaron Long, who is, it seems like, at 30 years old. This is it. This is going to be his last hurrah at the World Cup level. But mm-hmm. but hadn't really been playing well since coming back from an Achilles injury, but seemed to have been given every opportunity to not make the team. 
or well, Tunde. I, I don't think anybody and, and, took his spot either. Nobody went out there. That's and took fair. His spot. That's fair. Yeah. So I mean, he even hung if you're a veteran, enough. even if you're a veteran, Jimmy, if someone's not going to come out there, whether that's uh, Eric Palmer Brown or Mark McKenzie, yes, they both had solid outings at times, but neither of them really said, "I'm going to take this guy out," who obviously has the trust of the coach. So while form is a thing, I also think nobody really came and snatched it from him. No, that's true. And for everybody joining us on CBS Sports HQ, what's up? Great to see you. We're talking about the defensive part of this U.S. men's national team that's going to the World Cup. There are some surprises, mainly Shaq Moore, who Mm. played in the Spanish second division last season. Now he plays for Nashville and MLS. A bit surprised with this one. I thought that maybe Reggie Cannon would get the nod over him, given his experience and and that he's actually played with the U.S. in the last six friendlies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Shaq Moore, I don't think, has been a part of the team for quite some time. I like Shaq Moore. And when he fell out of the equation, I would just kind of stop talking about him because if they didn't want to rate him or give him a chance, then then I just assume they've moved on past him. But there he is. And what I do like about him, if we're looking for little chemistry things, and if we do want to start him at right back or at least bring him in at any point, he plays with Walker Zimmerman, who should start for us in the back line, who also oh, plays man. for Oh, man, now it's like, now we're I'm talking about Rodon and Morris making the team because they're best friends, Jimmy, like, because they text each other at night. I mean, I get I get the rhythm of it, but where was but, but, Shaq Moore up I, until this okay, last Okay, I get it. I'm just trying to look at the silver linings, but I go, okay, keep going, keep going. No, no, I'm, what I'm saying is where was Shaq Moore up until this last camp, right? Look how many right backs we're bringing to this. Yes, Joe Scali can play on the left. Yes, Sergio Des can cover on the left. But where, where, like, what is the purpose behind this? Was it because he got called into the MLS only camp or the guys that were out of season and impressed in that time where Greg Berhalter got this gut feeling of, man, I can trust this guy? Because clearly Greg hadn't trusted him uh, prior. We had a depth chart of Sergio Dest when he's not available, DeAndre Yedlin when he's not available, Reggie Cannon. And Cannon could also play a little bit of center back. You and can. then you have Shaq Moore. And so, that's Dude, another I would shocking go, actually, one. I'm I would super go Joe Scali. Sc- yeah. We had Joe Scally before we had Shaq Joe Moore Scally, on exactly. Sha- Joe Scally was potentially, we were talking about him with Yedlin of like, maybe he can slide in. Maybe it's too late. But now you've got Shaq Moore. What is it you're, like, do you think that there's just, we're going to play with five right backs? Again, this is a question for Greg Berhalter. You've had all of this time. We've, we've capped so many players. We've gotten so many players, good looks, developed so many players over this time. Shaq Moore, it must be a gut instinct or must have been impressed so much in this camp. And I'm not saying he didn't have a good season, but he clearly wasn't part of it. And you can't tell me a guy like that who I think has around 12 or 15 caps or whatever. Greg was like, oh yeah, I get this player. I don't need to bring him in because I know what he's capable of. That's just, to me, that's one of those variables where I'm just like, does it make sense? And I'm not saying there's another player should have gone. I I think that's too many right backs, period. But that means if you're going to take that many right backs, whether it was Reggie Cannon or Shaq Moore, you are sacrificing somewhere else on the field of your 26 players. And so that, to me, was a little bit of an odd one. I'll say this about Shaq Moore. I when, or, let me let me let me take a step back. When I look at our five right backs, there's two that you mentioned in Scally and Des that can play at the left side, and we don't have any cover for Anthony Robinson on the left side. So one of them, if Anthony gets hurt, uh, Tim Ream now. Over. Tim Ream now, by the Tim way, Ream could, could, could do a little play, bit of left back. But, but even he would raise his hand and say he prefers to play in the middle than out. Oh yeah, of course. Isolated. But, yeah, but he has played left back. He's sure. any early and, days at left back. Yeah, and he's our only other left footer. So we have two left footed players. In our defense, <laughs> that's Tim Ream, who plays center back. And we have Anthony Robinson, who plays left back. Thankfully, if we're looking at the chemistry vibes again, they both play for Fulham, and they've both been playing pretty well. Despite that I will give you. That open. I will give you, Jimmy. Okay, I'll give you that chemistry I'm just one. saying. Yeah. Okay, fine. But we don't make Shaq a team because of that. Listen, Shaq Moore. Yeah. I like – he's got more similarities, I think, to Sergio Dest than maybe yeah. anybody else. I think he can get forward. I think he's he can explosive. whip in a good cross. Tactical. He's explosive. I think yep. that uh, – he could he can he could probably unbalance a team. I'm assuming this is if he gets in. But for me, this is the biggest surprise for sure. We have the big surprise of Zach Steffen not being part of the goalkeepers, which is crazy to me that he's not in. I'm still trying to process what that means to me, going through an emotional spell at the moment, just thinking about it. We haven't even got to Ricardo Pepe yet. And then Shaq Moore is the biggest surprise for me in this collection of players. But because for everybody that doesn't know, they've expanded the World Cup rosters from normally 23, historically 23 to 26. We got three guys we can throw out there for the vibes. So maybe he's a vibes guy, and if he gets to yeah. play, maybe he proves his worth. I will raise my hand that when I played in the World Cup in 2006, I'm pretty sure I got selected for my vibes. I got fun energy. I'm a <laughs> good played, hard worker. You played, You played. It's not I like you're a, you're a locker room guy. I, I started as a locker room guy. ended up getting to play and prove myself, which was great, and I'm glad that I had that opportunity and that the coaching staff trusted me to go out there in a big moment and, yeah. and uh, prove their confidence in me. But I probably started as a vibes guy. So, so... 
I'm not going to discount any vibes, guys, but because they expanded the roster, I think Shaq Moore right now Jimmy. is just going to be a passenger for Jimmy. this. He's got great tickets Jimmy. to the World Cup. What? He's, 20, he's not like he's like 18 or something. He's 24 years old <laughs> just, or 26 just, maybe. He I think, could. He could be but, part of 2026. Look, I Haji it. Wright, Haji Wright, that's the gut instinct. You go back to 2010, right? We talked about Hercules Gomez, Edson Buttle. Like these are guys where gut instinct, when so, I get that feeling and I'm on the sideline and I'm Greg Berhalter and I'm pacing okay, back in my okay. technical area and we are down a goal and I go, who can I? Who over there has got that magic touch right now that they believe that they can score in any moment in any game? That's your Haji Wright. I will give you that. Now, I completely disagree that Ricardo Pepe uh, so, so, uh, shouldn't have been left off, but that's your guy. At least you can go on form okay, and say, okay. that's, that's the one I throw in the mixer for the Hail Mary. Okay, so but, but I think to your point and where we should explore, for everybody watching – Make sure you hit us up in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or uh, drop us a hit on Twitter at ISWTPod. Drop us a follow too. We'd love that. What I'll say is I think what I'm picking up from what you're putting down, the underlying message is why not just leave Shaq Moore at home and bring a Ricardo Pepe, right? Because if you're going to sacrifice a spot, we don't necessarily need a Shaq Moore. We've got that covered because we've got now five mm -hmm. right backs. And bring somebody that has proven that. It feels like to me, when I think about the Ricardo Pepe, situation and him not being included which we're going to get into a little bit more and you think about zach stefan not being included from a goalkeeper it's like it's like greg Jimmy, knew he was listen listen it Jimmy, like this it, isn't about shaq moore it's not about shaq moore though it's about the fact that we have he is number four in our current world cup roster for right back position. i get it that so we sacrifice him and get another striker for? It's not, I get it. I, I'm, I'm super stoked for Shaq Moore. I'm so proud of the work that he's put in and the player that he's become sure, of course but do you need four right backs? no Jimmy? you don't and do, do you feel like, about. okay, let me know. We'll, 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 let me rephrase it because we're using Shaq Moore as a symbol here for, for the conversation we yeah. want to have. And I believe when I look at some of these decisions that Greg has made, it just feels like he was trying to save himself for having to make tough decisions in tournament. Because what if Matt Turner has an absolute stinker against Wales as our number one? You would most likely go to Zach Steffen against, against England. But instead, you just rule out that possibility. Okay, Ricardo Pepe doesn't start. But there's going to be this clamoring for. I, I don't understand why these two guys in particular are not on the team. It just it really blows my mind. Yeah. And and it just I, I'm trying to under maybe there's a backstory. I'm hearing that Ricardo Pepe might have had an injury or whatever. There's going to have to be something because I just don't understand it. Just for at face value, I, I really don't. So so that's my big surprise there. Let's move to the midfields. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams will start for us. He should be our captain. That's my vote if I'm going to vote for captain. Kellen Acosta, most likely his backup or, or our potential starter next to him, if, if that's what Greg wants to do. He did it against Saudi Arabia in our last friendly before this roster got announced. He just won L, uh, MLS Cup with LAFC. Yep. So he's going to have a ton of confidence. We have Weston McKinney and Yunus Musa, the MMA midfields, that uh, they're all healthy and ready to go. That's exciting. We also have Luca De La Torre, who gives us a little something different. We've talked about him before. Good possession-based player, likes to move the ball, one and two touch. It's good. And if you got an opponent where we can keep the ball, uh, having him on the field is not necessarily something that hurts us. We got, we have Christian Roldan, which is a bit of a big surprise, but he can cover the number eight or the number 10 spot. And, and uh, good. He's a good, solid player. And I, I, it's not that I don't have any problem with Roldan, but I just wonder if there were better potential options. We'll get into that in a second. And then they listed Brendan Aronson as a midfielder, which I found to be interesting because more often than not, we see him in the front three, which would put him more in the, the striker category, or at least the yeah. attacking category. What are your thoughts on, on these midfielders, Heath Pierce? You know, I, I, I like it. Look, I think Luca De La Torre is the one that I think we all were worried about because of injury. We know Greg Berhalter likes him. He's had some good performances. He's also a fan favorite in the national team. So I think he's one that's well-liked. I think the worry was, will he be back in time? Will he be healthy? Now, the reality is, is if he's not, I think there may be, I don't know the exact rules of when the rosters freeze, but I'm guessing they have some sort of alternate window leading up to their first match where they'll be able to swap that out if they needed to. And so that's that's one. The rest of those are, are, are pretty clear for me. Was there anything in that group, anybody in that group that you were shocked? I mean, obviously, Brendan Aronson being included in that, I, you know, is that is that a signal of intent no, of some kind? No, whatever. But like, for me. I, I think that Malik Tillman had it in his hands. Malik Tillman, for everybody that doesn't know, was in the Bayern Munich uh, pipeline and then went to join Rangers yeah. in Scotland. And has had some pretty good games to start and then dropped off. And I think that Greg was Greg Berhalter went to watch him play in 
But he didn't have good national team games. He hasn't had a good national That's team That's true. Game yet. He hasn't really like owned it. Taken I mean, okay, in fairness. But I would have put Haji right into that same category, except goals are different than 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 uh yeah, right, you know, right, kind right. of. Yeah, right. I think you can take a flyer on yeah. a on a striker yeah. more than you can maybe a, a midfielder like Tillman, who has to be a little bit more influential to help us yeah. transition, which is gonna be such a key component to the type of success that we want to have at the World Cup. We gotta be good in that tr- transition game from defense to offense. So anyway. I don't really have any big surprises here. I like Luca De La Torre as well. I just, my big fear for him is health. I just want him to be healthy so that if he does come off the bench and we are looking to kill a game off, he can keep the ball. He can draw the fouls. He's very good in tight spaces. And what about Roldan? What about Roldan? Roldan? Again, Roldan for me, Okay, it's him or Tillman, or is it him? Who who would be? It would have been him, him or Tillman. Now, Tillman can be a little bit higher up the field, but with Morris there, it kind of rules. You kind of lose Tillman when you decide to go with Morris and Roldan as opposed to maybe, uh, uh, you know, Tillman and, and somebody else on the field because you kind of have Tillman. You could play him on the left midfield, but now you've got that backup for Christian Pulisic, and then you, you have Morris who could also play at the nine if you needed him to in a short amount sure, of time, sure. and then you have in the midfield with Roldan a little bit more of a two-way player or a little bit more of a defensive first player that can carry the ball forward and yeah. can cover ground. A little bit more of a hybrid between your Kellen Acosta and maybe your out-and-out out, uh, number eight. So somewhere okay. between like a six and an eight. Okay, so so what I'll say quickly about Christian Roldan. I believe that Malik Tillman is probably a better option for us because he's been playing a little bit more regularly. Roldan had a bit of an injury through the season. Maybe it slowed him down. I thought I know the he's back. The team to had health. a tough season as it was. Also. Yeah, the Sounders did. They won the CONCACAF Champions League. Shout out to them for that. That was the first team to have done it in over 20 years. Very exciting. And it felt like they put all their eggs in that basket and then just couldn't match that intensity and that level consistently throughout the season. Obviously, they showed glimpses of it. I like Roldan. I think that he can play at multiple positions. And as he once said, he's a vibes guy. You know, mm-hmm. Greg loves the vibes he brings to the locker room. I think that's important. And I think that's probably what got him over the edge over Malik Tillman. Tillman's obviously cutting his teeth, getting to play in, in big competitions in the Champions League and getting valuable minutes under a lot of pressure. And 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 if that's that is important too. And I think he's probably gonna been exposed to more of that than than Roldan recently. So so my question to everybody listening, watching, if you want to hit us up on Twitter again, ISWT Pod. If you're the coach of a national team and you're being given three extra spots on a World Cup roster, are you not allowed to maybe bring a couple guys that you love? I think that Greg Berhalter loves Christian Roldan. I think he loves what he brings to the team, both on and off the field. And I think that he trusts him that if he put him out there in a game, that Roldan would reward him for that trust. Yeah. And that's what I think. And I think that every coach, you can go across, this isn't isolated to Greg Berhalter, our manager. You could go across sports. You can go across national teams around the world, club teams, and there's always a couple favorites of every coach. Yeah. I don't think that Roldan will see the field, and if he's a good vibes guy, hey, I think that's important for a team as well. And yeah. and, and if he has that respect from the, the group. So, for instance, I was a vibes guy for sure under Bob Bradley. At least it felt that way. And when I was in some World Cup qualifiers, kind of knowing my role and being one of the elder statesmen of the group, I would watch the first half sitting on the bench, all nice and snug and feeling good about myself, sipping on some hot chocolate because I knew I wasn't going in. And in the first half, at halftime, I would go in and give notes to guys. So if I saw something for Chirundula, if I saw something for Mikey Bradley, if I saw some, anything, anything that I saw, just like a little note, I would just go up to him and say, hey, this is what I saw, just something to think about for the second half. And, and I already had my coach Jimmy hat on really early for that. But then also, if you see a guy that's maybe a little bit down, you and I, it's pretty easy to read body language when you're around guys, mm-hmm. especially if they're trying to hide it. And you can just give them that little that little insight to either help them or get them going again or just to give them that little bump of confidence that they're going to need in that that one moment to, to make that decision that that's going to help our team. you got to do it. And I think Christian Roldan falls into that category as well. And I think Greg sees that as well. So I don't know. I don't. What do you think about Roldan? <clears throat> yeah, I... I, I... It's not about what I think about Roldan necessarily is what do I think about him versus somebody else? And like I said, you can go for your three guys. Now, Jordan Morris was going to be a flip of a coin, right? Either you either you brought a fourth striker and you didn't bring Jordan Morris. We didn't really have cover on that left side. Yes, we can, we've seen some of our right midfielders or central midfielders being able to play. Gio Reyna can, can go on the left, but you want him on the field. Um, Brendan Aronson could go on the left, but you want him another place on the field. Uh, Timo Weah, we saw score against Jamaica from that side of the field. Um, 
And so we have those options. But Jordan Morris, again, has been able to convert uh, in the past for the national team. He does bring some. Now, his last call-ups, I, I, didn't th- I thought he was relatively ineffective or relatively uh, inactive, but as was everybody um, in, uh, throughout our last couple of camps. And so th- that's – and I know we're going to get to that. But when I think about Roldan, I think about consistency. No highs, no lows. And Paul Ariola, by the way, that, that, that is missing. I believe he got injured in camp and, and, and left camp um, injured. And so I think that may have been the thing that mm. ruled, ruled him out that started this carousel, right? Because we're seeing in the last three weeks, if, if, the, if the World Cup roster happened a month ago, I would guess that we'd have maybe three, maybe four players different in this roster. I agree with you. Um, if this World Cup happened in the summer like it was supposed to, we might have six or seven players different in this roster based on the, the timing and injuries and form and all that type of stuff. Um, and so uh, there, there's a lot of moving pieces and timing is everything. And you can't plan timing, Jimmy, as we know. And so for Roldan, hasn't had the greatest season, had injuries, but is still a guy that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily, you and I both had national team teammates. That, that wasn't that important to a coach. You were a national team quality guy in their eyes. They trusted you. They knew that you were going to, over time, do more good than you did harm for the team, right? You were going to help the team in the locker room. You're right. going to do your job on the field. And right. that is an important thing. If I'm a coach, I would love to be able to have a few of those guys where I can just go, you know what? Not worried about them. And I think Roldan is that guy. Now, whether you like him as a player or not, that's a completely different conversation. The question then becomes, if not Roldan, then who? Right? And your answer could be Malik Tillman. I haven't been totally sold on Malik Tillman in terms of where he's at in his development, in terms of being able to step on the field, find right. the game right away, right. and find a way to contribute. Whereas Roldan, we might not have the ball for 20 minutes that he's on the field. And like, I agree with you, probably won't play. But if he was, in 20 minutes, he'll find a way to be active. If we're chasing the game, he'll find a way to help chase the game. If we're trying yeah, to defend yeah, out yeah. the game, he'll find a way to help defend out the game. And I, I think agree. that intelligence, that experience is really important uh, for a team, especially for energy, when you talk about energy shifts in the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. That he made I am team too. because there was no indicators. There was no, there was no lead that made me feel like this is a guy that, that Greg was going to go back to um, because he's been in around the national team, but wasn't really utilized. But here we are. So that's good insight. I like that. I'm sorry. I'm processing. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. It's the NFL offseason, but on pick six, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Let's talk about the forwards then. I was trying to wait diligently for our resident number nine, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, who must be excited that Zimmerman is officially on the team. That's all the inside joke for everybody that's uh, been around for a little while. But we got Jesus Ferreira. We have Christian Pulisic. We got Gio Reyna. We got Josh Sargent. We got Timo Weah. And I think the two big surprises for most would be Jordan Morris, who you already alluded to and who we discussed a little bit earlier, another Sounders player who actually has done quite well mm-hmm. in his minutes with the national team. Whatever you think about Jordan Morris, he did score a big goal for us against El Salvador in World Cup qualifying, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, it was in Nations League, one of the, one mm-hmm. of the friendlies, right, to make it 1-1. I think he's another guy that's got a knack to creating space, getting some stuff done, and it's clear that Greg trusts him. Yeah. I like J-Mo, but ever since he had his most recent knee injury, he hasn't maybe been the same J-Mo that we've seen before. And then we have Haji Wright. 
And that means there's no Jordy P. Fuck. <laughs> and there's no Ricardo Pepe. The Ricardo Pepe one is probably the one that perplexes me the most. Now, you and I both know, Keith, we've been around enough. I was part of two World Cup qualifying phases. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctly when Steve Ralston scored a very pivotal goal for us to help us qualify for the 2006 World Cup against Mexico in Columbus. We won dos a cero. And Raleigh didn't end up making the team. Then I was down in Honduras when Connor Casey scored two goals when we beat Honduras to qualify for the 2010 World Cup. Connor Casey didn't make the team. There's always somebody that you think yeah. feels like a lock. And those two guys maybe didn't feel as much of a lock as Ricardo Pepe. And Ricardo Pepe is out. Yep. And I and there's no explanation that I can really accept right now from Greg Berhalter that's going to make that make sense. Even yeah. though he mentioned something about, well, we have a couple of guys that are in sim. I don't even know what he said. I was trying, I was not listening to him at that point. I was like, yeah. I can't accept any words that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah, what are we, you're like the you're Ricardo Pepe's number one stand. You were you were there early on, and you and you rode the Ricardo Pepe train all the way up here until the end, and he's not going to yeah. be a part of it. And and I'm gutted for but, him as a person, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Got Good it. thing is he, he's 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 he might still be nineteen. I think he turns twenty soon or something like that. So he's he's super young, got plenty of time left. But super devastating because I think all things considered, when Greg Berhalter says, "Well, you know, uh, Josh Sargent played in the Premier League last year, or played against all these guys <laughs> that were playing against," like those kinds of comments to me are just like, "Come on, man, come on," you know, like that doesn't yeah, that doesn't yeah. count. Last year doesn't count if you're going off of now. And look, I think what we've learned from this the, the roster reveal is 95% of the players we are arguing over whether they made it or not probably weren't going to play, mm-hmm. right? Zach Steffen, like you said, avoid an issue in the locker room between Steffen and, and, and Turner. There's Turner's clearly there. the number one. Mm-hmm. And so you made that you made that part uh, clear. He wasn't going to play. He would have been, obviously, your three if he had made the squad. And so right, right. whether that would have been an issue or a problem in the locker room, whatever, that's one thing. When you're talking about uh, Christian Roldan, Probably not going to be the go-to guy. He's probably the deepest on the depth chart in our midfield uh, group, right? Mike called upon. Most players do throughout a World Cup, whether the team's in it or not, or or third game doesn't have as much meaning or not. They get minutes. But the players we're arguing over likely aren't going to be the ones that swing us one way or another in this World Cup. Would you agree with that? Yes, except for Ricardo Pepe. Is that where you're going? Except for Ricardo Pepe. (laughs) And my point is, Jordan Pifok, Ricardo Pepe, Look, Haji Wright came in last camp, walked around on the field, Jimmy. But he, now, scored, not, he, got a, he scored a pen. Yeah. And look, I do. <laughs> I, he did score a pen. And yes, he has, does have that. Yes, this was the Christian Pulisic pick for the World Cup uh, where he got, he got to, this is like the Don Garber commissioner pick where it's like, you know, they asked like, oh yeah, but which one? You get one, you know, you're our, you're our leader. And he, and, he, and he picks him. But Haji Wright's form is undeniable. But again, another guy that's coming to the national team and hasn't really shown an ability to have an impact. Now, I we know that Greg doesn't want to play a gag and press. He doesn't want to press high up the field. He wants to play the old school sort of build up play, high and wide, leaving some gaps and build through things. We saw what happened when we tried to do that in the team that we have right now. I don't think that's going to be the case. Haji Wright, again, as a player, has come into the national team and hasn't really proven anything. But I can excuse that because of the fact that he's scoring goals in the Turkish league right now. I can excuse that. You want to he's got, like he's said, got nine. He's got nine goals in twelve games yeah. in the league. I just he's want scoring. to throw that out there. He's he is scoring. But so you want to Pfock? Like you can't. Uh, he but was. this is my this is my point. You 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 get to have a couple of those, right? And so when I look at it, I go, I'm not mad at you for taking Haji. Right? You get that gut feeling in your stomach that goes, you know what? This is the guy. Look at the way in which he's scoring. You watch all of his goals. He's scoring a number of uh, which ways that are showing you that in any given circumstance, he could be the guy you go to for your last sub of the game to get you out of a bind, to get you into the knockout rounds, or get you through the round of 16. Or well, just that's get you how, a last that's how we goal, were right? describing Jordy Pifok, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But Jordy Pifok, uh, same thing. When I look at Ricardo Pepe, you're telling me in 26 players, you can't find a spot for Ricardo Pepe? And maybe this was about making it easier. Like you said, maybe it was about not having the conflicts of knowing, well, this guy's probably not going to play. And is he a good locker room guy? Will, will, will he accept that role at the moment? Can he, like... And again, I'm speculating on a bunch of things, but the Ricardo Pepe one is probably the biggest omission for me. Actually, Zach Steffen's huge too. Um, but the huge. Ricardo Pepe one huge. for me, considering he left, got into a new environment, has been in, has been scoring, has been playing well, like that to me is one where I'm like, it feels like something bigger than this. Now, I don't think it is with Ricardo Pepe. I, I do think this is the one selection that Greg was like, well, I had a look at him. He didn't really do much for me. And uh, even though he's in form right now, is he any different than Josh Sargent? Is, is Josh Sargent any different than Ricardo Pepe? These are the guys I trust. 
even if it's 1% more, this is what I'm going to go with, right? Because ultimately, it's easy for us to sit right now and go, yeah, I'll take all these guys. But we're not in, we don't, we're watching 90 minutes of a 24-hour day, right? Of a seven-day camp. You and I know how much happens outside of that. People, how they act in, in the locker room, people, how they act in the meal room, mm-hmm. people, how they act in video sessions, mm-hmm. who's leaning back, who's sitting back, who's uh, huffing and puffing in the background, who's mad when they get criticized by the coaching staff, who can handle that criticism, what types of egos and personalities. You sure. are building and managing all of that all the time. And we just look at them on the field and go, well, shoot, Ricardo Pepe scoring goals. So, of course, he should be on the team. And, and, and so I wonder what Greg's actual criteria was for saying, this guy's not coming to a World Cup, he's not ready. You know? Because um, that's the one that doesn't make any sense for me. Like, like, like if, if Ricardo Pepe had stayed at Augsburg and he wasn't scoring and he was still in that same rut that he was since he had made the move over there, everybody would be like, all right. Yeah. But he went, he went, he World moved. Cup in the summer, he went to make the team. And I would have he, been like, he's not there yet. No problem. Yeah, right, right, no problem. He moves... He becomes he's proactive and trying to find a better situation. And from from what I understand, I thought Greg was trying to help him make that move and to find a a team that would play him and trust him and give him those minutes. And the guy's gone and done what he's needed to do. And not only that, he's doing the little things that we thought that Greg liked. He's he's uh, back, you know, he's pressing back behind the ball, or you know, he's trying to get the the defensive mids that that like kind of hidden pressure from a striker. Maybe poke the ball away. That's led to some good opportunities. He's He's being advantageous. He's being opportunistic. Hey, by the way, he's taking Jimmy, his chances. Like, Jimmy, I, by the way, crazy. by the way, there is some speculation. Charles Bohm's uh, tweeted that there is an injury issue that was taken into contemplation for where Ricardo Pepe is at. So if that is the case, then then I don't want to over speculate. We'll, we'll see more on, on how that plays out. But we're seeing this with Luca De La Torre. He's back in training. And Luca De La Torre has played 50 minutes this season or 60, whatever it is. I don't, don't quote me on the exact number, but less than a total match over the whole season and is now coming out of an injury where he's starting to involve himself back into training again, probably has what one or two matches left uh, before he's, he gets, he, he's got to go into to camp. Um, where is his fitness? How do you test that again? You can always I, reverse I it. Know. Ricardo Pepe, you could always take him. You can always reverse it. You could always say, Hey, it's not good. We need to call in our alternates. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 I, I would like to believe it's not. Um, I haven't read anything about I, Ricardo what's Pepe leading up is- to today. I think what it's going to frustrate fans and I consider us fans that have some former playing experience, (laughs) but, but, and not the other way around. Yes. uh, We're definitely fans. And I think what's hard sometimes, and I'm glad you brought up the, the, the point about that players are being judged and evaluated in almost every facet of how they fit in within the team. Which made us nervous, by the way. I used to walk on. Yeah, well, under Bob Bradley for sure. Yeah, but I used to walk on eggshells, thinking like, yeah. dude, if am, am I walking like shoulders up, shoulders back? Like, do I look like? Am I walking that maybe somebody will perceive me as arrogant, or like, am I sitting in my chair in a way that is perceived as like non, uh, you know, kind of um, not in on the group? Or I remember getting, getting called out for sitting with too many tables, sitting at too many tables. Uh, I got, I got, I got called out by Bob. For sitting at the same table with the same jokers every time. He called them jokers. So I was sitting next to Pablo Mastriani and Oh, Matt Jimmy, Reese. I got the exact opposite. I was like, he, and I think Charlie got it too, which is like, yo, you're sitting over here with these guys. And the next time you're sitting over there with those guys, like almost like it was like, find your, find your tribe type of thing. And I was like, what, what do you want me to do, man? You want us yeah, to like all, yeah. rebu- but again, not so much about that, but we see things through a very small window of time where again, you and I have been pissed off after a game you go into a video session and you're like i don't want to hear this and how you react and how you handle those types of things are really important again not to say that that's being played into it but of course if you're on their side you're taking a lot more into account than who are the best 26 players that we have and then how do we make them a team you're saying well we tried this we we tinkered with that we don't have the right players for here we don't have the depth or i've got this feeling this guy's really ready to do this or 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 um, whatever it could be, there's a million. I'm trying to give as much credit as I can, Jimmy, to the staff, considering this is their 24-hour-a-day job. To analyze this, to watch the players, to scout, to visit, to monitor, to, to develop uh, the relationships with them, and then to make a final decision. I'm shocked with Shaq Moore. I'm shocked with Christian Roldan because I just thought maybe maybe not. I'm shocked with Jordan Morris. But again, going into the last camp, they I started to see maybe are Ariola, I think, plays or Ariola plays a little bit of a role within all of that. But the yeah, Ricardo I didn't, I didn't Pepe know, one, I didn't know Ariola was injured, so that that's interesting. The Ricardo, yeah, I'd heard that he had left uh, just just yesterday. I'd heard. I don't think he left yesterday, but I had heard yesterday that he had left uh, or gotten injured in this uh, in this that's, that's this bad. sort of off season camp. But I, I I I um the good side, good thing is is to shift it all to the positive. 
Um, and you can we can go back to the negative when, whenever you're ready. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm, it's I'm not, here for that. Negative sounds really strong and dramatic. I'm feeling more critical. Just, critical. Like, well, shock, I'm kind of more in shock and awe yeah. about some of the names that are on this list, given that they weren't even close or even on yeah. the tip of pe most people's tongues. When this yeah. Happened. Again, the good side is is right now I can give you 15 players we can go to that you'll probably agree with that we can rely upon in a World Cup game to rotate between matches of who we're going to play against, including a back four, where I now am comfortable with Tim Ream, Walker Zimmerman, Robinson, and, and Dest, right? We've got Matt Turner in goal. That's pretty clear. That's that's my back five. I don't think you go with anything other than that unless you're trying to play a different type of game than maybe you have Cameron Carter-Vickers. Okay, okay so, so so you got Turner in goal. Yep. Start me over. I was in. I was in, lost in my own thoughts yeah. and my feelings. Turner in right goal. So, uh, Robinson, Robinson Ream, Ream, Zimmerman, Zimmerman and, Dest. and Dest. Done. Okay. Done. Perfect. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. M MMA. Okay. okay. So and for then, everybody that, but for me, my people, Musa McKinney and Adams. That's our, for Musa, everybody that's McKinney unaware of Adams. the acronym MMA. Yes. Okay. McKinney, now, Musa, if, and if, if McKinney's not ready, I've got Reina there. And then you're going either uh, uh, Aronson or Wea on the right. Uh, obviously, Polisic on the left. And then up top, <laughs> Ricardo Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said the same thing. I would have. I probably would have started starting Ricardo. Ricardo. I, I still I started. Still start. He's not making the team, but we I'm are starting, still him starting Ricardo Pepe. I can't believe that he's oh not even an option. Ferreira has not been clinical in the playoffs. Uh, I do think he's proven himself in the national. Ferreira's team a second roster. striker. He's better Sergeant, off the shoulder of somebody. But Sergeant was in peak form, falling out of form a little bit, playing in the championship, scrapping, well, fighting hurt. for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but. An, another guy that that I think deserves to <laughs> make the roster. Haji Wright coming out of left field, starting for us in the first game against Wales. I mean, at this point, Haji Wright's your, your Haji Wright's your mixer guy. We know that, right? That's the that's the, that's the that's the that's the you know slow Here's clap you know slow clap. Colin Acosta goes out for the corner kick to whip it in. We got a chance for a sub. Fans are on their feet. We got one last gasp. You know the 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 college soccer countdown. You got ten <laughs> seconds left on the clock. You put Haji Wright in. And see what he can make out of it. Now it's a little bit extreme, but that's where I see his role within all this, knowing that he could be your Wondolowski. Now, granted, we know Wondolowski with the uh, Belgium thing is what is probably what he's remembered for. But Wondolowski as a player was that guy that could 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 finish if you gave him the chance. And, and his right. role in the national team was established because of that. Um, and then and then yeah, so and then from there you've still got more depth, right? So with that, you're okay, wait, lose, wait, wait, you didn't lose. actually finalize for me who my forward is. I, I don't know. You didn't say it forward. You had Pulisic on one side, and, and who on the right? Was it Aaronson oh, or Wea? No, Aaronson or Wea <laughs> is what I said. But what I'm saying is, well, I was getting to the 15, 16 players that makes me makes me excited, right? If I'm if I'm in a World Cup game, and I'm complaining that we should have started Brendan Aaronson over Timothy Wea, yeah, or that we should have taken McKinney off and played with Reyna, like if those are my first two problems, amazing. I'm in a good I'm in a good place, in a good spot. right? Agreed. If, Agreed. If I've got to take Tim Ream off to put Cameron Carter Vickers in to play in a different type of style of play. Yeah, do I think there's a little bit of a, a, a drop-off in terms of experience? Does it increase our speed and our back line and our recovery speed? Absolutely. But am I am I devastated about that? No. That's a pretty good setup, right? Now, if we lose Robinson, that's another story. Right back, we've got 17 of them. I'm 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 fairly confident we can go to those. But then you start to look at the ones that we're arguing over. The players that we're arguing over are the ones that I'm least worried about having to deliver over multiple games for our team to have any success. Okay. And, and, I, and I appreciate you kind of giving an overall, and I know we're obviously going to have previews for each specific game in the World Cup, but I'm looking at Wales' last few matches against Belgium, against Poland, and they always roll out a 3-4-2-1, which can easily morph into a 5-4-1. And we have shown with our team, no matter who's playing for us and who's representing us, that we do hey, struggle getting well, the ball know Josh through, Sargent, through a low you know, block. You know Josh Sargent played against those guys, Jimmy. And he's gonna, in know, the he's gonna know. He's gonna know them. That you, you know, know when you say it like that, it makes me when makes reminds me of when Jurgen Klinsmann started Jeff Cameron as our holding midfielder against Belgium in the round of sixteen in two thousand fourteen because he played against Marwan Fellaini a couple times yeah. in the Premier League. Well, it's like starting the, Kyle Beckerman. Isn't that the Brianna Scurry story around the semifinals where they pulled Hope Solo because she had saved penalties from before? Was it Brianna Scurry or who was it? I yeah, think yeah, it was, I think so. Or was it Box? Uh, no, I can't no, remember. Who Box was. was the defender. Yeah, no. yeah Brianna. Uh, I'm trying yeah, to think yeah. of who, who who the other goalie. Where they basically were like, "Oh yeah, she faced these penalties before and she saved them, so we'll put her in again to see if we get the same result." And they end up losing, and that was when Hope Solo had her first like explosion of saying, "Like, <laughs> how how dumb is this idea?" Um, if it works out, it's an amazing idea. But yeah, if it right. doesn't, then then, you, then you're under the microscope. But yeah, it's that sort of thing where where but, and again, but I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm throwing I'm, I'm throwing out Wales's formation to you, Heath, because 
I want to know if you think we change anything based on the opponent. Because there are a few players that we could maybe interchange because of the situation. Well, we could play We could play with a back three with Reem on the team now because we have a natural left-footed player there. Uh, right. I would have been okay with that with Richards too. You have a natural left-footed player there. He's going to understand the gaps in a way that a young player isn't. You know, he's playing again next to Robinson. You can have uh, you can have your other other two on the field, whether that's Zimmerman and and Cameron Carter Vickers, or if they, if they didn't want Vickers, you could go with Long. I know that uh, this is where the comments are about to explode. Um, <laughs> and and then on the right side, you have Serginio Dest, and we you can won't. start to play that hybrid role. Well, you could, or you we, could we, start to push Dest a little higher, or they can have a little bit more of this sort of um, like you talked about with Steve Chirondolo, being able to start a little bit higher up the field in a little bit more of an attacking position. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what that looks like, and and. Heath is referencing a time that when I was at the national team, we played like a three, 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 one. And because we had players that could be a little bit flexible in the positioning and now obviously had the, the, the IQ for the game to understand where they should be and win, which is obviously very important as you move as a group at the highest levels, because it's the fine margins that ultimately determine who wins and who goes home. I find it interesting that, or would you consider this everybody listening, including you, Heath, mm -hmm. would you, cause I feel like you are going to have to sacrifice a sub. Most likely, if you go to a back three during the game, because you're going to have to bring in another center back. Or are you saying that you'd have Tim Ream central, Zimmerman on the right, and Anthony Robinson? That doesn't really work. You want those two guys as wing backs high up the field. So would you mm -hmm. consider dropping Tyler Adams in between? If, if we're saying we're down a goal, because we might be. I don't think we will. We're going to dominate everybody, of course. I mean, last week, we just, you know, we're going to flex on everybody. It's what we do. But, but would you consider potentially dropping Tyler Adams? in between Walker and Tim, and then allowing our wingbacks to get a little bit higher. We might even do that in possession. No, you do that in a buildup, right? The whole idea of the buildup is that if you play against two strikers, you need three players to drop in. So you have a center back drop in, or a center midfielder drop into that line. And it's a new, it's all about numer one numerical advantage, right? That's how you break, to create a triangle to move out of the space. So if they press with two, you drop a third one, and now you have whichever two those go to, you have a third one that can play out and then you're playing and they start to shift and yeah, it becomes a, a motion where they play in and out of those types I'm of spaces. Sorry, so, I'm maybe getting um, way ahead of myself, but I wanted to entertain it, at least for me and Heath. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, so you said you wanted to talk about the positives, Heath. What, what are you feeling really good about? Sorry, Jimmy, you got to repeat your question. My headphones died. Okay, so Heath Pierce, his headphones died. I'm back now. You're back, though. It's good to, good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. you. You dropped off, so I didn't really know where you were going with your thought, but uh, I'm going to get into the positives. We've obviously worked through some shock and awe, but what positives can you take from this 26-man roster that just got revealed for our hopes and dreams for the World Cup and to have some success? Now, I want to define success for me, at least, as getting out of the group. And then we'll cross over with Netherlands Whoa. and Senegal, most likely. Though, Senegal, Sadio Mane was going to be out, and now it looks like he's going to be back in, but we don't know the severity of his injury. So we, we'll worry about that once we get out of the knockout rounds. But Heath, any positives from this 26-man roster that uh, you're feeling pretty good about? The <laughs> he's got nothing, everybody. No, no. He's got nothing. Thanks yeah. for listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> here, here, here's, here's, here's what, here's, I mean, I, I'm going to go a, That was rant. a long-ass pause. That's all do you want. Say. I mean, look, do you want to go to a break pause. and let me breathe for a second and come back and I'll do it? <laughs> No, we're going, we're going straight through. We're going straight okay. through. So check this out. The positive for me, and hear me out, everybody that's listening to this. So <laughs> let me finish my thought. That's quite a preface. You... Hear me out. This is, yeah. And never, this is when I say Matt Turner <laughs> on the three down, even though he's the number one goalkeeper, you know. Uh, hear me out on this, okay? What I'm saying and what I'm suggesting is that Greg Berhalter knows more than me, right? I hope he does. This is his job. My job is to make make fun of him. Uh, I hope he does is the best. I, I hope he knows hope more he's than smarter me. than me. <laughs> okay, uh, about this team, and he has made decisions that I think are irreversible in terms of his job mm -hmm. and his role mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what he believes is Greg Berhalter's not making a bunch of decisions to get himself fired. So we are going to judge him based on those decisions. So him. Going to this roster, making changes that we thought were different, seeing something different than what we saw, means he's deeper inside of it and see something that we don't see. Now, he's got to go make that work. I don't. I get to sit and be critical of every single thing every player does and the team does in this tournament. So the upside for me is that he has played his hand. 
And that's a positive for me. He played his hand differently than I expected. He played his hand differently than you expected, Jimmy. He played you a different guys, hand. Are you guys listening all of us. to this? Amazing. I love it. I love it. He played so a good. different hand than what we all thought. And now he gets to see how strong this hand is. And so that's a positive. And that's a positive because now I can take bigger shots at him for being a complete ass. Yeah. Because if I'm wrong, Jimmy, I'm not in it. Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm not in it every day. If he's wrong, he gets fired. I get to just say, sorry, I didn't know, you know? He, get, he has to say, I made the decisions. I got to live with them. And I think, honestly, we're at that point now. But otherwise, the positives are we've got goal scorers that are scoring right now. We've got a starting center center back. We've got a three-time best 11 or whatever, defender of the year uh, in, in Walker Zimmerman. We've got a, a fullback that's been competing with Levin Krizawa and, and against all odds, starting every week and playing really well on the top half of the table Premier League team. We've got a guy who's playing at AC Milan. We've got a center a center midfielder that's playing at Leeds and in good form. We've got another center midfielder that's playing at Juventus in good form. We've got another one that's playing at Valencia in good form. Do you hear where I'm going, Jimmy? Well, yes. Well, what I would say, yeah, I, I love where you're going. It's 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 uh, there's definitely a, a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow that you're taking us on. But I will add that when you name all these names and where they play and what they're doing, not only are we talking about form but health. And I think that I feel fortunate when I think about Gio Reyna in particular. Mm-hmm. We're catching Gio Reyna, who is lightning in a bottle when he gets going and he's feeling good and is healthy and feeling confident and has a smile on his face. That's the best version of Gio Reyna. And we don't we know get. if he can even start. Where does he fit? This is a that's a good I mean, I think he will start, but the, the idea that we've got the best Gio Reyna that we've had in form and healthy, and we don't know where to put him, that is a benefit. Because before we'd go into every camp saying we need we don't have Tim away, he's hurt. We don't have Brennan Aronson. We don't have uh, we don't have Gio Reyna. We don't have you know like we don't have the, these and we're having to just piecemeal it all together. This is the closest we've had to a fully healthy squad. Now, granted, we we unfortunately we lose Robinson to to the Achilles and we and we lose some players along along the way. But in terms of the players that we've been wanting to see together and play together, we haven't seen it, and now we're actually going to get to see. It. So I think that's in itself a benefit. Yeah, no, it definitely is a benefit, and that's one of my positives to take away from this is that, yes, there are some surprise omissions, Ricardo Pepe and Zach Steffen in particular. And to your point about Greg, knowing that this is his job, nothing's guaranteed, nor should it be, for the next World Cup cycle. He's got to prove it to us when it matters the most. And yes, he got us qualified, and yes, he won the Gold Cup and the Nations League. Those are all indicators Mm -hmm. that things are trending in the right direction. But you got to prove your medal in the World Cup. That's what matters. That's what I think you should be judged on. And that's what we're going to judge him on. And, and his selections are obviously going to be taken into that. For whatever reason, Heath Pierce is absolutely delightful about these omissions so that he can really lay in hey, to Greg Berhalter if it's not all working. Which, if you know we what? all thought that's the same thing, then what would be the point of his job? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know what? I am. I'm excited. Oh, let me start this. I'm, I'm excited Tim Ream is in. I think he has been a great servant for. I saw you apologize to him, Jimmy. Well I did. done. I did. I went on Twitter and I apologized to him. I've taken some shots at him over the last, not recently. But but in previous Over the last years, 14 years, yeah. Well, no, but but <laughs> just, just that, that I thought I thought our I basically tweeted out that I thought our young guys were ready to take over. We didn't need. I mean, he's 35. We didn't need to take someone of his age because it, if you if you played him in World Cup qualifying, it's taking valuable minutes, in my opinion, from players that I think are ready to take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And they didn't step up. To your point about bringing Aaron Long, the other guys that could have knocked him off the pedestal or off one of these spots didn't take their opportunities when they came. And then you have Chris Richards who got hurt and you have Miles Robinson that got hurt and that allowed Tim Ream to come back in. And the guy has been absolutely incredible for Fulham this year, not only in how he's playing, but also he's the captain. And I think that matters that he's leading the team like Fulham to overachieve right now. He plays next to Anthony Robinson. There's a lot of boxes that he ticks, including experience. And I think that's going to play into why I think he's going to start. And that's why I wanted to apologize. Yeah, Everybody goes out on Twitter, they take their shots and they never circle back to those dumbass takes. Well, I had a dumbass take, and I wanted to step up and raise my hand and own it. And so I apologize to Tim Ream. I did it on Twitter. I'll do it here. And I hope he smashes it when he gets his opportunity. And I hope he starts against Wales. <laughs> oh, you too, Jimmy, shall be judged on your uh, um, oh. endorsement of Tim Ream in this one. But I, of course. But I, I agree. Depending on uh, my whole thing with Tim Ream was never not. Well, who's I, I he going to bring? By his quality of a uh, passer, defending, right. but it was system based. You go back to Greg, and I know how he wants to play, but we did a lot of pressing. High places, exposed areas. Uh, that's why Robinson was was so good for us, being able to cover ground and do those types of things. You start to lose those, the game starts to shift. We see how we struggle to play out against different types of opponents. And then you start to go, 
well, if only we had a left footer that could pass the ball. Over <laughs> exactly. And you go, oh, actually, we have two. One of them's not playing. The other one's a captain in the Premier League. Maybe we should try him. And you're right, though, Jimmy. It is worth noting. Your apology doesn't mean that it's there wasn't some warrant to what you're saying. Tim Ream is 35. Mm-hmm. Almost nobody plays on the national team at 35. Almost nobody. That is an, almost an age that is 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 beyond like re, like return. Especially know, for, at that position. It feels like, okay, you maybe take a flyer on a Messi who's 35 or a Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo who's 38 maybe, but yeah. those guys are outliers in, in general. But I'm just saying that that if I was going to take a flyer, most likely be a goal scorer, somebody that's pulling the strings, can maybe pull off that one piece of magic that they did 10 years before. Not so much a center back where I feel like, especially to your point about the system, you want to play a little bit of a higher line. But I, I, I'm, I, it'd be, it'd be cool to hear from Walker, whoever's going to start next to Tim Ream, assuming he starts. But just that comfort level of having somebody with that type of experience next to him. And one other thing that should be of note is that I played on the left side as a right footer in my in my in my World Cup experience. I played next to Gooch, and I was a right footed player in the left center back spot. And it's very hard to hit the big switch because if you hit the big switch across, I have to let the ball come across my body and it's very predictable and easy for the other team to read, which means my margin of error to hit the big switch is very, very small. Whereas if you're a left footer, I think that you can hide that a little bit. You can look up and then almost hit the blind switch because you have that natural left foot across your body. And that, that, that margin of error becomes bigger. And ultimately that allows the player that does receive the ball a little bit more time potentially get after somebody and attack and, and Heath is a left footer you know this as well so it's really important and pivotal if we're going to be a team that wants to settle in and play a little bit to have someone that can hit that ball left footed and then also is just very good in possession in general I do want to say and you said it I think on Monday's podcast as I've thought about this some more I don't want us to p- try to play possession for the first 20 minutes of every single one of these three group stage games I don't want us to try to be anything crazy Try to be Tiki Taka. Try to be Spain when 2010 Spain. I just just get it on their half. Make them try to be the pretty boys that try to play out of everything. We'll try to you know nick a pass here or there, and, and maybe we get an opportunity, get a little bit of the momentum. At some point, the game's going to settle down, and then I want us to possess. But but I don't want us to do it for the first 20 minutes. I've made my decision. <laughs> yeah. So looking back at this roster, now, Jimmy, <laughs> is there is is there any other omissions you thought may have happened, right? So there was the potential of maybe an Aaron Long um, not being, I mean, I, I don't know if I would ever believe that, but there was the, the shout for that. There was Luca De La Torre's injury. There was Weston McKinney's injury, um, which, which he seems to be fine from. There was obviously Sam Vines ruled out because of that. There is the Reggie Cannon side of things. Was there anything that was that we haven't covered that you look at as as either either surprising or I mean because felt feels like outside of that there was there was pretty much the Pepe Sergeant Ferreira PFOC, um that world and there was no discussion of Haji Wright so that was a pretty surprising one. Oh, one hundred percent. But that's your Edson Buttle um, or your Robbie Finley, right? But that's- but even when we talked to Greg or when I got a chance to talk to Greg, but we had that clip of him and I brought up. Yeah, Finley you made him not take four strikers. You got Ricardo Pepe cut because he said, he I'm not taking that four strikers. And from that day forward, Jimmy, he couldn't take four strikers. That's no, all he, he couldn't. That, that blood's on <laughs> your hands, my me. friend. Oh, my God. And he took an extra defender, which actually warms my heart as a former defender myself. I think the inclusion of Shaq Moore is a bit of a surprise for the same reasons that Haji Wright is. You're just like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Even if he does fit your system and he just hasn't been around. Yeah. And, and okay, maybe he impressed during this MLS camp or or maybe he's been on the radar this whole time kind of quietly we just haven't been paying attention or or yeah not really taking notice but here he is so that's a bit of a surprise the Shaq Moore the Haji Wrights I'm a bit surprised to see De La Torre because I just don't know we we've talked about it before a hamstring injury is very tricky so he feels a little bit like John O'Brien who came with us in 2006 where he wasn't 100 percent but he does have qualities that some of your other players don't so it might be worth the risk if he can get healthy so I can kind of put him in that camp mm-hmm. And then obviously Zach Steffen not being involved is is, is still somewhat mind blowing to me. Yes, he he has his faults, but I think if we nitpicked all of our goalkeepers, we could find something. But just given how I mean, he played with Greg at Columbus Crew, like they have a long history. That must have been one of the hardest conversations that Greg had to give, and also for Zach Steffen to receive. Because I just what? Yeah, it, it feels I, like Zach Steffen is a year out from his peak, like or his best form. Find, finding home 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I go actually, I actually go back to now, this is a different story, but Tim Howard, when he went to Manchester United, really struggled to settle in, right? I remember that. And it wasn't until like our big American goes to Manchester United, he's starting. And then the booze started, right? And then the mistakes started. And then it became like this guy can't play soccer type of like criticism. Goes to Everton, bring puts Everton into Europe, has a consistent career there, ends up being like the him, him, Tim Cahill, and I think one I can't remember who else were the three highest paid players at the club, earning massive wages, being the leaders of the team as players come in and out, and really finding that home where you can rely upon where you go, okay, right now is it it's we're like juggling, right? Matt Turner not playing, probably our best goalkeeper right now. Zach Steffen playing, but not in the best of form. Then you've got Ethan Horvath playing consistently, but not at the level that we want, you know, in terms of quality that we want from these guys. And so that's like a flip of a coin of who makes the team. But to not make the squad, I, I'm just, uh, yeah, I keep, every time I get to the end of my thought, I just keep going, oh yeah, but he still didn't even make the squad. So there's got to be something. <laughs> uh, it's it's incredible. And I assume as more time passes and as the World Cup comes and goes, we'll probably get more insight on what's happening with Zach Steffen and potentially Ricardo Pepe. And and I wonder if these guys come out and kind of share their story. Ricardo Pepe turns 20 in January. So obviously he could be looking ahead to 26. You don't want to burn that bridge, but Zach Steffen might be <laughs> ready to torch it because <laughs> we got Gaga Slonina coming in behind. And obviously he has uh, got a bright future after signing with Chelsea from the Chicago fire. Now he might and probably will go out on loan, but uh, his upside is tremendous. Let's go to final thoughts. Obviously we've been talking we're super emotional, somewhat in shock by some of these selections, but here we are. We got our 26 players, and I'm ready to rock and get after it, and I'm excited to see how these players perform. But let's do final thoughts. We've got two more podcasts coming for you over the next two days. We'll start at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, and then on Friday, we'll go 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern to join us live, or you can catch us on any podcast platform of your choice at any time. That's yeah. the cool part about podcast platforms, but uh, make sure you hit like and subscribe wherever you are. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us some good comments. We are here for you. We want to continue to build this community as we lead into the World Cup because we are now only 12 days away from our game against Wales. That's not a lot of time to get this group together, Heath. Oh, yeah. Any final Um, thoughts then? Let's go final thoughts. Yeah. Final thoughts are, and I would love for anybody that's still watching, come back to our show on on Thursday, tomorrow. or Friday, whichever day we 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 do this. Whatever, and, whatever and tell feels, me, we're doing both, but whatever feels good about you. Feel yeah, good. but I want to hear how different you think this roster would be if it was selected in the summertime in the way the World Cup was supposed to be before Homeboy today said the U.S. should have, or the last few days has been spilling the beans about the U.S. should have gotten the World Cup in 2022. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's what I'm curious about, like how different this team would be based on timing. That that's that's interesting. Am I kind of thinking about it right now? I think Zach Steffen is in 100. percent Pepe's probably out in the summer. Again. Pepe's out in the summer, so that that would be the same. But you just wouldn't feel the same way about it. Yeah. Jordy Pifok, I think, is still out. I think Greg already made up his mind a long time about it. Again, very similar to John Brooks. Like, see what I need to see. Not for me. I'm out. Oh, here's another one, Jimmy. If it was still 23, which which are the three? Is it as simple as a, a Roldan, a Shaq Moore, and a, and a Haji Wright? If there is, if yeah, if we only had a 23-man roster, and this is a great question, I would say that you probably lose Jordan Morris, Shaq Moore. And then 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 Roldan's interesting because no, I think you got to lose Roldan as well. Because because you can put up you can put Brendan Aronson or Gio Reyna in, in midfield and yeah. get that cover there. And that maybe even solves the problem for you. Whereas, whereas Greg can look at those guys and be like, hey, you're not playing. I'm gonna put these other guys here instead of you, even though you're probably better suited for it. <laughs> because, you know, they're Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson. So so suck it up, boys. You're here for the vibes. Yeah, I think those would be probably be my three. How about you? Yeah. Same? Same yeah. three for you? No, yeah, I would I would say Shaq Moore. Um I'd say no, I mean I mean I, would you I go still Yedlin? think Haji, Haji Raid is I we haven't I really talked about Yedlin. Would you say more over Yedlin or do you go and bring in Yedlin for the experience? No, I'd still bring in. I'd still bring in Yedlin. I would say Shaq Moore, um, probably Joe Scally, um, based on where he was in the national team okay. in the summer. So you're taking out two right backs. Yeah, okay. I mean, oh, 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 you're talking the summer or 23 man roster. Now you get me confused. Oh yeah, 23 man roster. Sorry, 23 man. Yeah, it would. It would be. It would be more because you don't need that. That'd be wasteful depth. Um, I'd take Roldan. I'd take Roldan out because I think you do need a little bit of that depth on the left midfield side uh, behind uh, Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess my third one would have to. I don't know. Gosh. You go with Haji Wright or Jordan Morris, I think. Yeah. I, I would probably say 
Jordan Morris, maybe, maybe. I mean, Haji Wright just provides something different than JMO. I mean, listen, we're big JMO fans here, but yeah, yeah, but, they, they, uh, they just made a decision on him to bring him to a World Cup after yeah, not yeah, really yeah. featuring him. So there obviously seems like that was a part of the plan for now, regardless right. of what the numbers were. Right, you know? right, right. So. Well, there's nine total MLS players on this 26-man squad. I'd say a nice balance between uh, the the domestic players here in the states and uh, players playing abroad, and. Yeah, we'll have to see it all turns out, everybody. I'm still in shock. I don't even know how to finish this. But we're going to call it a day here on In Soccer We Trust. So on behalf of producer Lisa, who's stepping in for Alex slash Dez, and Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, who decided to play hooky with us today. He'll be back tomorrow and Friday. And, of course, Hollywood Heath Pierce. I'm Jimmy Cream, Cream Cheese. I can't even say my name. Jimmy Cream Cheese, Trash Can. Conor Dino Conrad, also known as Jim. And I will see you tomorrow and Friday and the next week. And we're going to continue to bring you the good stuff here on In Soccer We Trust. See you next time. Bye-bye.